impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Ted Fayton here, host of the Modern Man Podcast. First, thank you for listening. And just really quick, I wanted to make sure I warned you about some explicit content that's included in this episode. I still think it's a message that you need to hear, so I'm happy to share it. But just wanted to give you a heads up. You might find some of the language offensive. And if you are sensitive to that, I won't take offense if you decide to skip it. If not, I think you'd really enjoy the content. So thank you for your support and enjoy the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast. And uh, as always, thank you for the time. We're not going to take it for granted, but we also just want to ask you for one quick favor to make sure you hit that like button. Of course, hit subscribe so you can get a new episode each and every single week and share this episode with a friend if you continue to get value from it, because we are committed to connecting men in pursuit of their potential on this podcast. Now, we do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. I'm excited to get wind in our sales today from our guests. But before that, I just want to remind the guys out there who are serious about elevating their potential and looking for a community of guys who are doing the same. Make sure you check out the Noble Knights Mastermind. We meet every single week for accountability, and we would love to have you part of that mastermind group. With no further ado, I'm excited to welcome today's guest, Nate Palmer, coach, trainer, author, host, all around just badass at everything. My dog. What's going on, Nate? <laughs> Ted, I'm so excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to have you on. And and we, we've had you before for anyone who follows us way back from day one from the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. You were on that, crushed it as always. But we've rebranded since. We're the Modern Man podcast, and I had to have you back on to talk about a number of things. But before we kind of jump into today's topic, I'd love for you to kind of reintroduce yourself to our audience and let them know who you are. Yeah, man, because the last time we talked, it was really for the antiquated man. So I'm excited to update this shit for the modern man. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A lot of horse and buggy jokes back in the back in the day. <laughs> but dude, thank you for, ha for having me on. I don't like I want to make sure that again, making the best use of time possible. I would I would love for this to be the most valuable podcast episode that people get to listen to on your show. So my name is Nate Palmer. I've been a, uh, I'm a coach, dad, author, a lot of, lot of other things. But mostly I'm, a, I'm obsessed with fitness. I've been into fitness for a long time. It really started off because I was in high school and this girl, Christine Jeffries, I was crushing on at the time. She was like, hey, Nate, let me see your arms. And I was like, you talking about these bad boys, these arms? <laughs> and she turns to her friend and she goes, yeah, see, I told you his arms were smaller than yours. I was oh, like, wow. you know, I don't know if you've been to high school, but if you're 14 and and uh, the girl you like says that to you, you're like, well, I guess I'll just end it. That's over for me. That's pretty <laughs> much all she wrote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't end it. I was so I was like, the next best thing, hit the gym, work out, worked out really, really poorly for several years. So much so that I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm I'm just going to get a job in a gym and figure this out because if I just live in a gym, some, like something's going to click for me. Mm -hmm. And so I tried everything. I tried all the diets, keto, paleo, all this stuff. I did CrossFit. I did Orange Theory. I did everything. Uh, nothing really worked for me. And then uh, in 2014 or 15, a, a magazine reached out to me called Breaking Muscle and was like, hey, can you write an article for us about fitness? We're, like, We're going to pay you an exposure. I was like, hell yeah, that's my favorite kind of drug. Mm -hmm. And so they, I was like, would well, you want it to do like muscle building? You want to do like fat loss? What are you like? Where are you at? And they're like, no, we want you to actually talk about how do you eat in a way to have all day energy? I was like, that's weird, but okay. 
So I dove into some research on that, read a bunch of articles from people that I that I respected, talked to a few other coaches and nutritionists in the space. And what I learned was, quite frankly, astonishing to me. Hmm. Uh, it was just completely different from anything that we had heard. You know, this like the whole idea, like six meals per day and, you know, lift like this and do your training and stuff like that. It was like it flew in the face of all that stuff. And so I changed up my diet in the gym to start reflecting this because I was working long hours. I was working 12 or 14 hour days uh, at a gym and I started getting better results, both in fat loss and muscle gain than I had ever gotten before. And so I started turning some of my clients onto it. And I was like, is this a fluke? Is this a me thing? And they were like, no, this is working for me. And it's so, so easy. Mm. So fast forward to like 2018, I had a client reach out to me. And he's like, man, you're, you're giving me all these workouts. I can't do them. I'm too busy. I'm on the road all the time. I need more energy. I'm crushing three or four monsters every single day. I'm tired all the time. What can you, what can you do to help me out? And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to work out. I was like, okay. He's like, oh, and I'm uh, going to be in the car all the time. And I was like, all right. And he's like, oh, and I am going to eat fast food five times a week. And I was like, well, shit. All right. What are we going to do with that? So kind of took this framework that I built out a couple of years prior and I applied it to his specific case, you know, as being a busy dad who was building a business at the same time. And so fast forward two months, he's like, Nate, dude, my energy is way up. My wife's noticed a big difference. I play with my kids. and I don't have to sit on the couch and watch ESPN for 30 minutes when I get home. And I was like, cool. That's, that sounds great, man. I'm so excited for you. And he's like, Oh, and uh, by the way, I've lost 22 pounds in the last two months. Huh. I was like, Okay, well, we might have just done something. So th since then, my goal has been to teach men how to use this simple framework as a way of establishing energy. And by proxy, kind of in the process, get that healthy weight, get as lean as they want to get to. Because I think by chasing energy, we get both. But by chasing weight loss, we get frustrated. So yeah, I, I was going to say, this is an approach that most people probably don't Google. This is something that most people don't ask of their trainer, of their coach, or of really their buddies in the gym. Usually I have friends, okay, what, what foods do I eat for, for fat loss? What foods do I eat for muscle growth? Like, okay, what's, what's, you know, I, I got the good fat, the avocados coming, coming to town. Right. But nobody really asks, okay, what do I eat for sustainable energy? And I could only, I can only imagine that sustainable energy probably gives you more effective workouts. The more effective workouts probably give you the better results, which would in turn, whether it be fat loss or muscle gain, help you and aid you in one of those directions, if that's your goal. But the question in, in, in its just core is what is energy, right? A, a lot of us might be like, I mean, is it something I don't know, but what is energy? Because it's fleeting for so many of us. Yeah. And I, I think that it's one of those things that you know it when you have it mm -hmm. and you miss it when it, when you don't. Okay. You know, so you, you like those days you wake up, you know, and you're just like, man, I didn't sleep well. I'm not feeling good. Like, are you motivated to go to the gym? I'm not. Are you motivated to like make a healthy meal? Are you motivated to follow up with like a prospect or a client or go hit that side hustle? Mm -hmm. Like, and that to me, like the, the absence of energy is when it's really apparent what energy is. It's because I think motivation is fleeting. Motivation is kind of something that we think about, we think we need, but really we just need momentum. You can't build that momentum if you don't have the energy to back it up. So to me, it's like, how do you work with your body and communicate to your body? Hey, let's produce energy and let's use the, the stored energy you already have that exists on your, in your like belly or your love handles or whatever else to create more focus, mental clarity, and more momentum to success in your life, you know, so whether that's 
in a, like a financial aspect, whether it's in relationships or whether it's in fitness, like you can apply energy to any one of those things and you'll start to create that momentum, right? You get in that flow state. Mm -hmm. So you create the momentum. I want to get a little bit, and I know you can go there. So I'm going to go there uh, more kind of on the scientific aspect. Cause you mentioned the, the pretty much the potential energy in our love handles or whatnot. Are you talking about pretty much our fat reserves there, the, the caloric kind of reserves in our body that could pretty much produce energy, but we're not accessing it? Yeah, because here's the thing is that most of the time and what we've been taught is completely wrong. Like a good healthy breakfast, we think, okay, it's going to be oatmeal, right? Oatmeal and eggs, maybe. Uh, okay, well, it's not a muffin probably, but maybe I'll just grab a banana. It's healthy. It's, it's natural. We can take that on the way out the door. But the truth is when we're having something that's higher carbohydrate, what we're doing is we're spiking our blood sugar, number one, which can cause like a spike and then a crash. But then secondly, we're telling our body to burn carbohydrates for fuel. Your body will always naturally pr prioritize burning carbohydrates for fuel. That's our preferred fuel source. So it's like, think about this. I was 17 years old. I was working at Albertsons. It's a supermarket in Arizona um, because I ran one of my friend's cars into my other friend's cars. That's a story for another time. But anyways, how to work there, pay it off. Got to pay for someone else's car before I paid for my own. <laughs> but what I would work, what I was doing as I was the, uh, I had the auspicious job of being a bag boy. So I'd go stock all the food. I'd bag people's stuff up. You know, I'd put all the stuff that people didn't want back. But one of the things we would do is, is every night before we'd leave, we'd go restock the dairy compartment. So when we would do that, we would go and grab the milk and we would always put it into the back, right? Mm -hmm. And like to use the, and people would go grab the milk out of the front. So I wouldn't take the milk and then bring it around to the front and put it in. So all the newest milk was in the front and the old milk just sat there. But that's really what we do when we eat oatmeal, high carbs, banana, whatever else it is in the in the beginning of the day is we're just giving our body its preferred fuel source. And then we're leaving all that stuff in the back, right? What happens if you leave that milk in the back long enough? It just gets stagnant, right? It starts to smell bad. weird, right? And we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Did you so, drink it anyway? I, I did the gallon challenge once when I was there. The dairy manager was like, I bet me a hundred bucks that I couldn't do it. And guess what? I didn't. <laughs> but I did throw up on the floor. So <laughs> thanks, Albertson. So you lost twice. <laughs> did I? Did I? Who, who cleaned it up? Uh, I did. Yeah, that was my job too. <laughs> so I lost three times. There you go. So, so that's kind of how I think about this is like, if we can teach our body to prioritize the fuel that already exists within it, then it's going to be a lot easier to get the results we're looking for. Most of us are, are not communicating effectively with our body. We're trying to force things. We're white knuckling it. We're eating six meals a day, thinking that it stokes our metabolic furnace. When in reality, that slows down our digestive process and prioritizes our body, putting stuff into you are using the, the, the food that we ate as for energy rather than pulling from our body's natural reserves for energy. So okay. if you, if you want to like eat in this, in this specific way, it just requires a, a shift in your mental state about how you want to think about food rather than being like, I need to eat um, like because I'm hungry or because I want this or I want a Cinnabon. It's like, how do I eat in a way that communicates to my body? Here's what I want you to do next. Yeah. You so just like, hit, you know, go ahead. You just hit something on the head really quick before moving on was thinking about food, what we think about food. And I, I want to kind of drive that home for some people because I think it's C.T. Fletcher who says, he's like, I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, I don't like the taste. He's like, you don't diet for the taste. You diet for the results that the diet gives you. Now he has some extra words around that, but that's, that's pretty I bet much- I know what they are. Exactly. <laughs> but but that's pretty much the, 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 the message he's delivering there. But 
I, I love it when you say think about food because a lot of people think of food as a luxury, right? A lot of people think of food as an experience, which it is and can be, sure. but it's also it's substance for the body. It's to sustain activity or maybe even enhance activity at times. So the way we think about food is huge and kind of how you're breaking it down is we kind of wake up, we are programmed or whether it be through social conditioning, whether it be through the, the food the, pyramid, the food pyramid, 12 servings of grains, baby. The, yeah. The schooling that we had growing up, those heavy lunch trays we used to get. I still can't believe we had the lunches that we had when I see videos and pictures of that little hard cardboard pizza. Anyway, I digress. Mm. We mm. get programmed into this, this form of intake without even truly thinking about what it is our body needs, why we need it and what we should go to. So what you're talking about in terms of the fat restores, it's almost like something I feel like I might've stumbled on by accident when I did the keto diet was learning how, okay, when I deprive my body of carbs, I switch to using ketones for energy and that's great, but the keto flu sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I got, I got, I got a fix for the keto flu a, eh? but I'm also really glad you brought up keto because I think a lot of people think, Oh, keto, let me use that to burn fat. But then, you know, it gets hard and then there's Thanksgiving and you want stuffing or you want to have a cookie or have a beer and you're like, God damn it. You're like, can't do anything, you know, yeah. but this approach is actually uses what's called a, a metabolic flex flexibility approach. So it's, it's letting your body burn fat for fuel when appropriate and letting it burn carbs for fuel when appropriate too. You know, like that way you can go out to client dinners. You can be on the road. You don't have to like bring Tupperware with you everywhere, which is the most annoying shit in the entire world. So yeah, you're like, you're hundred percent right. This is like what well, some people call it cheater keto. Some people call it cyclical keto or cyclic keto, but it's just an, it's just an easier way to do it that you can sustain for life without stressing about it. Okay. So by having that flex keto or having the ability to switch back and forth, almost hybrid, right? I mean, it's exactly. almost like if, if you're looking, if you're Elon Musk and you're like, okay, Hey, we got this rocket. The rocket has one fuel source. Once it's out, it's out. But we have this rocket with two fuel sources. Now, one is going to burn quick and aggressive, get you off the ground. The other is going to burn sustainably over a long period of time, help you, you know, get that last 10, 15% along the way. You know, that's a great metaphor. I like that a lot. You're free to take it. Just make sure you give me 10%. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but the, I, that's that's literally probably the option that. I hope Elon Musk would take it is what most of us would take is I want the dual fuel reserves. I want something that's going to get me off the ground. I want something that's going to get that momentum, but I also want something that's going to sustain me towards the end of the race. Is this kind of what your, your approach is in terms of diet of the diet and, and how we have sustainable energy throughout the day? Yeah. And here's the thing. It's not sexy, right? It's not sexy to be like, you can have both, right? The vegetarian diet is sexy because it's it eliminates an entire set of food groups. The carnivore diet is sexy because it eliminates everything that's not meat. Keto is sexy because it eliminates 100% of carbs. I mean, we love that shit as humans. We're like, yeah, just tell me, like, just make it super extreme. I want to get in on it. But then what happens? We fall off. It doesn't sustain, right? So this is an approach that I'm, I keep telling people, I'm trying to shake them. I'm like, shake them on the shoulder. I'm like, it's easier. It's going to work long-term. You're going to sustain your results and be lean for the rest of your life. And they're like, what about uh, uh, being vegan though? And I'm like, no, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. So it's, it's like, but our bodies are built to 
chew both plant and animal foods. Our bodies are built to burn both carbohydrates and fats. Can you communicate to your body what you want it to do when you want it to do it? Right. Going back to like choosing, choosing what food you want based off of your outputs. Right. No, like no one needs to go to red Robin and be like, Hmm, I've never had a blue cheeseburger. You put bacon on this. I've never had that before. How a bottomless fries. I got to try these. No, like we know what that shit tastes like. We've been mm-hmm. there before. Now, if you want to go out to a really fancy restaurant, you're having something new, you're on a cruise, you want to do something with your, at your grandma's house. Like, okay, great. Enjoy that. And the, when the time comes, but during the day, we need energy. We need focus. We need mental clarity. We do not need to eat a cheeseburger, right? So I'm not asking people to forego all the delicious comfort foods for the rest of their life. I'm just saying during the day, when you need that motivation, focus, and clarity, don't eat goddamn carbs. Just, just chill on the carbohydrate intake. Like literally that's all there is to it. It's as simple as possible. So like high protein, high fat for breakfast, high protein, high vegetables for lunch. You're going to be feeling amazing. You're going to be feeling focused and dialed in. You're even going to get a slight pang of hunger, which we can reframe then as being more focused because if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, when are we best at hunting wolvie mammoths? Is it after Thanksgiving dinner when we've just eaten a big feast with our buddy Grog and we're sitting around the fire swapping war stories? Hell no. It's when we are when we're a little bit hungry, what happens is it's crazy. So from an evolutionary perspective, our bodies get more focused and dialed in. We get better attuned with our, like our visual cortex gets a little bit more of our energy. We get better hand-eye coordination. We get better um, short-term to long-term memory storage. Our body gets a little bit more focused when we get a little bit hungry. If you're hangry, that's a different story. But when we have that little hunger's pangs and we're like, oh no, I should just go to the fridge and see what's in there. Like if we can cut that off at the pass, grab some water instead, you're going to be amazed at A, how much more fat you're able to burn on a daily basis and B, how much more you can get done during that time. Especially if you use that frame of I'm not hungry, I'm focused. I like that. I'm not hungry, I'm focused. Usually for a lot of people who are familiar with flow are actually focused and they, they just forget to eat. And that that's happened to me also. But can you engineer flow when you want it? That's the question because we can all hit it. We've all been there and like, oh, well, mm-hmm. it was so great last Tuesday at one o'clock. I wonder what's going on. Anyways, back to this cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be able to engineer this shit because we have a lot going on in our lives, right? You have a full-time job and then you're podcasting and then you're doing this stuff and then you got the mastermind and you can't be off for any of those things. Nope. You know, you can't phone it in for the mastermind and and do have your community group and be like, all right, guys, I guess we'll just sit around and just hang out. No, you have to be focused. You have to be thinking. You have to be very active listening, which is critical to to like the success of the guys in your group. But also, like you have to be able to turn that on when you need it. And the only way you're going to do that is by being able to control your intakes. Yeah, I'm very much intentional, and we've talked about um, kind of igniting flow before on the podcast and what i do is listening to sofi beats i have a diffuser playing the same same aroma i sit at my desk i put my headphones on and in that realm i have a little glass of water in that realm um that usually enhances me in getting in a flow state when i know i'm going to do deep work for two two three hours um on the contrary too right before the podcast to this day and i i i appreciate you you guys never saying anything because nate you see this right before when i count down before recording i clap now eve shout out to eve who's going to be editing this afterwards uh has no need for me to clap (laughs) before the podcast starts but I still do that every day because it's 
before I record because it puts my mind in a switch into it's go time, it's game time. These routines, these processes are kind of physical and elemental triggers I put around me to enhance a certain outcome. But what you're also talking about is the intakes that we put in our body also has the repercussions for the energy and how it's regulated on the inside. And the communication, obviously, that we have with our body is by the the feedback that we give it, which is going to be the direct food. And you broke it down simply pretty much carbs, not in the morning, stick to the high, high protein, vegetables. What about fruits? Because I'll do I do intermittent fasting. My first meal of the day usually is after my workout, close to one, one fifteen in the afternoon. I wake up at two AM. I go a long time without eating while I'm awake. Sometimes if I eat an orange, I'll feel the effects of that sugar almost instantly, Nate. That's a great question. And that gets a little bit more into like the weeds and the nuance. I always think of this as being a couple of phases. So phase one, I'm saying no carbohydrates, no fruit, no nothing until dinner. Phase two, once we've kind of gotten to the place where you're like, all right, I'm feeling good. I'm dialed in. Then we'll, re- then we'll introduce fruits uh, and like during at lunch as being our only, like our only source of carbs during the day. Cause you're still getting a lot of fiber, a lot of vitamins and minerals from it. But again, that's like, that's nitty gritty. Like people don't necessarily need to know that right off the bat. Okay. I like that. Something you alluded to and touched on briefly, um, because I want to drive this home for anybody who's still thinking they're listening. Like I could eat what I want to eat. You know, I'm good. I don't need to change my diet or whatnot. I'll be honest. I know when my diet's off, I know when I'm not that hydrated because of how packed my day is. And, and Nate is 100% right. You can't be off for a lot of things of what you're doing. And for anyone listening, if, if you come home from work, and you have your kids that want to play, your wife needs help in the kitchen. If you are drained and you are kind of just going through the motions at home, you are doing your family a disservice and you're not giving them the full strength of who you are in that moment. How is the lack of energy maybe serving us or or really a disservice to us in our everyday lives if we're kind of just going through the motions and autopiloting through life. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know how your family situation was when you were, when you were growing up, but my dad didn't get home until late and he was always, he was a real estate agent. So he was tired. He was running around doing stuff. So I'd see him for a little bit at night and, you know, like you always had to like judge the, like your parents' emotional energy. And we had to be like, what version of my parents am I going to see right now show up for me? Are they going to be happy? Are they going to be excited? Are they going to be grounded? Are they going to be angry? Are they going to have had a rough day? And I am trying to deliberately give my family the gift of showing up the same all the time. I want them to know when dad comes home that they understand who's walking in the door and they don't have to guess and they don't have to see, like, try to like take my emotional temperature to be like, do we need to cheer him up? Is he mad? Is he in a is he in a bad mood? Is he happy? Like, I want to walk in the same guy every single time because I think that's one of the greatest gifts I can give my my wife and my two kids. So, and I think that our energy is a big big part of that because if we're walking in exhausted, we gave everything we had to the people the people in our at our work at our jobs. And then we have nothing left for our family. Like most of the guys I talk to, they're like, I'm like, 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 what are your priorities? They always say, well, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my wife. And then, then, and then we talk about how they have no energy left over and no time left over. And it doesn't, I'm like, that doesn't sound like your priority, right? We always vote on our priorities with our time and our money. So if your time and your money and your energy are not, 
are not in place to be really be the man you want to be for your family, then that's really not a priority for you. And that's a, that's a big shift we need to make and we need to do better as men. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a group called front row dads and their big thing is we are family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. Yeah. And that's something I try to embody every day. And I think that's that having the right energy and showing up in a way that we can play with our kids and we can be helpful and, you know, we can show up for our, for our spouses. That's critical uh, especially in today's society. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us kind of think we get home and we can unplug, right. Or we can, you know, ease up, right. Oh man, I've worked all day. You walk in the house. Okay. This is my, this is my pace place of solitude and peace. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Man like, no, time. no, this is, this is when you clock in, bro. Like, right. Like that, that's when you really clock in is when you get home. And for me, that's how I treat it. Is I come home from work, I'm clocked in and crafting our lives that way. Man, I love that. We are, we are family men with businesses because at the end of the day, sure, the business might allow you to do the things that you do with your family or whatnot. But at the end of the day, whether it's your business, another business could put you out of business. If it's a job, if you were to disappear, they'll have another employee working there the next day. But your family only has one you and that's right and I, I like that i like that distinction too because i always like to think like where you know if, if like if you die tomorrow like your job's gonna replace you right how many people are gonna show up at your funeral a couple hundred right mm -hmm. you're a popular guy how many people are gonna come over in six months and be still taking care of your family five yeah you know, like that's a, that's a handful. That's a small number. And yet we spend all of our time, emotions. We really worry about what these people, we have these obligations to fulfill for all these people around us. When in reality, there's like a very tiny handful of people that are actually the ones that are going to pour into you that are going to be around after you're gone. They're going to think about you even like a week or two after you die. So like yeah. why do we spend so much of our time and emotional energy worrying and being bound by the obligations and like, Oh, what does this person think of me? You know, like that sort of thing. And that's something I've been working on, you know, even outside of emotion, like a physical energy, it's like, mm -hmm. where's my emotional energy going? Yeah. Cause I mean, Hey, we, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about e emotional energy and kind of auditing what fills your cup, what drains your cup. And if you're getting drained constantly and nothing's filling you up, that's the imbalance. And here's the thing, just cause it drains you doesn't mean you got to cut it out immediately or it's not supposed to be in your life. You might have a relationship, a family member that relies on you that that drains you a little bit, but you just have to audit that and get filled up someplace else. So you can keep pouring into that family member that depends on you, but it's all about finding that balance and auditing your life and auditing your diet and the things that you eat. So other than just having maybe the carbs towards the, the end of the day, focusing on the protein for the start of the day, um, are there any specific foods that might enhance energy more than others? Any foods that we should maybe want to focus on to be recurring in our diet that would be maybe good to add to the toolbox and the repertoire and find some recipes around? I I mean, I think honestly, uh, one of the most nutritious foods on the planet is meat, especially red meat. If we're talking about okay. ruminants, cows, camels, goats. I don't eat that many camels, to be honest with you. But anything that has four stomachs is able to process food at a much different level than things like pigs or chickens. So it's really important when we get like pork or chicken to get those things as organic as locally sourced as possible. But cows, they can eat grain, they can eat grass, they can eat bugs, and they can process all that into very nutrient dense 
healthy proteins. So I think that having more red meat is something that people are afraid to do. But a lot of these studies showing that red meat was like bad for your cholesterol, bad for your heart health, um, were like we're not we're now seeing in 2022-2023, those are not necessarily true. They were poorly done studies. They didn't take into account the full the full gamut. And they were talking about people who were eating Donald's, not necessarily people who were eating like a grass-fed um mm. like T-bone steak or whatever. Yeah. And so if it was for McDonald's, it was covered in salt. <laughs> right. Well, sugar, sugar, fat, and salt are the like the three main things. Did you know they put sugar on McDonald's French fries? Did not know that. Yeah. So like the basically the way the way we like we've touched on it earlier, like the way we've been programmed is to, you know, I've never had something seen someone eat like a single McDonald's French fry. It's always like the hand, right? You like the claw and then like 16 into your mouth. Mm-hmm. Because they have these food scientists who spend hours and millions of dollars for doing studies and research to figure out what blend of sugar, fat, and salt are going to light up the pleasure receptors in our brain the most to cause us to want to eat as fast as possible. That's why they're that's why their their fries and their burgers are a specific texture. They're soft enough that it takes us longer to feel the fullness. We only chew them one or two times. So they're just soft enough that we can just swallow them basically. And they hit those dopamine receptors just right. Mm-hmm. So we've been, we we kind of get played in a lot of ways, right? And then like the FDA even is not on our side, right? They're on this. It's crazy that they tell us what to eat, but they're also on the side of of advocating for the like the food, like the industrial food complex, yeah. Right. So and then <laughs> then even crazier than that, like you know Harvey Kellogg, you know Kellogg's, right? The cornflakes. He mm-hmm. he um was a seventh day Adventist and started like working with um, one of his right-hand women who at the called called the battle Creek sanitarium, where he would practice all these kind of crazy medicinal things that he would, that he believed like, like putting people on a vegan diet to reduce the sinful urges and, and like masturbation doing um, like teenage um, circumcisions, like just like just crazy shit. You know, his right-hand woman went on to start the American Dietetics Association, which informs the FDA, right? So we're getting all of our information from people who have like, who have definite agendas within this. So we're like, didn't they just recommend um, surgery for obese children? Yep, we're, we're there's there's a well, well also oh, it's ra- randomly a new drug just came out too, so they're recommending really aggressive responses to the obesity crisis. And oh, by the way, we got a drug for it. So like all of this shit, we're just being set up to be played. And now what they're saying is that obesity is eighty five percent genetic, right? But if you look back just like three or four decades, you know, or like two like two generations obesity was at was at like 10%, you know. People like people who we see like walking around the mall were were at the circus as like the like the fat person, right? And now that's just normal. So it's not, there's not a it's not just a genetic thing that's been handed down for generations. It's a it's a we've been fed just a bunch of bullshit been fed some lies about about food and what we should be eating, right? The whole thing about not eating fats and eating margarines and and now we're now seed oils are in literally every food that they concoct for us. 
Um, so I'm talking about sunflower oil, safflower oil, vegetable oil, canola oil. All of these oils are really detrimental and damaging to our mitochondria. And we and we are the part of a gigantic experiment because these seed oils will sit in our cells and they don't go, they don't get out for like four years. They just live inside of us. Wow. And we don't have enough information to see what they do long term, except for we are seeing now this obesity epidemic on the rise, where in 2030, obesity is expected to be or overweight and obese people are expected to be 60% of the US population. But oh, it's genetic. Couldn't possibly be, be be in the garbage that the, that we're, we're like eating, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, we you know our, we're more sedentary than ever. We're all working at desks. No one's working outside or really getting their steps in or sunlight. And now, <laughs> like suddenly, fast forward a few years, and we're living in Wally. You know, we're all just yeah. sitting in chairs, like consuming consuming the media, drinking our shakes, and with no purpose, just wandering around aimlessly. And that cool. is not what the like. I love what you, I love your mission and what you do because that that's exactly what you're rebelling against. Yeah, the modern man is not about to be laying down on some levitating uh, recliner with only enough energy to put chip to mouth. Uh, that's 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 not the goal. That's not the goal or vision. But but I mean, man, but everything's stacked against us, Ted. Like, it certainly is. And, and if you're not, if you don't pay attention to this shit, like you don't have to like have like a weird soapbox about the FDA like I do. But if you're not paying attention to the food you're putting in your body, and if you're just allowing that to exist, like, oh, I guess we're just going out to eat. I guess we're just gonna have whatever. I don't I don't know how to read a label, then you're gonna get fucked. Like you, like you're gonna get you're like you're no longer in charge of your health. Personal you've, you've offloaded that to someone else who doesn't care about you or has an agenda outside of outside of you being a healthy, strong, modern man. Yeah, personal responsibility. And I've encouraged each and every single person listening, you need to audit the the conditioning that you've had throughout your life. Think about your beliefs, where you got it from, who gave it to you, and what what uh, potential incentives they might have had for your life when they gave you that belief, right? Even our parents. I, I love my parents to death. And I love my mom to death because she worked her butt off her whole life as a psychiatric nurse and her motto was always like, Oh, just keep your head down. Don't say anything. And I've noticed that's rubbed off on me in a certain mm. belief of keep my head down. Don't say anything. That's not always the best advice. That's, that's not always the thing to do, but I had to identify that that was conditioned into me. And as much as my mom loves me and has the wishes, the best of me, she might have rubbed that onto me unintentionally. And now I need to correct that myself. And it's not her fault. That's my personal responsibility on how I show up in the world. And I want everybody to kind of rehash some of those beliefs that they have in terms of what their diet might be. Because a lot of times what we're talking about, Nate, like when I talk about intermittent fasting or I talk about, oh, I don't eat until after my workout, people are like, oh, I can't go without my first meal or oh, I can't. Uh, when I, I did. I could never do that. Yeah, I could never do that. And then what's the saying? If you want to fight for your beliefs or your limiting beliefs, you could have them. You get you to know. keep them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can keep your limits if you want to fight for them. But so many people say, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I just want to challenge everybody listening. Whatever you said that you can't do, that's stopping you from the energy you want in life, that's stopping you from maybe having those physical results that you're looking for in life, or maybe that weight loss that you're looking for, you're limiting yourself from that outcome. And it's all because of the conditioning that we might have had but at some point in time if you're listening to these words now you're voluntarily choosing to ignore them right because there is the conditioning but there's also the silencing of the opposing side and so many of us can't listen to opposing beliefs we tune mm. it out 
And because we can't sit there long enough to actually see it, contemplate it, let it roll around, see if it makes sense, we can't even contemplate a different reality. So, Nate, man, you you dropped a lot of knowledge on this episode, brother. Thank you so much, man. I also I also probably should ask, like, can I swear on the show? Because I did a lot. You did. You did. Um, you, can, you can bleep it out, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I have I have an explicit warning I put at the beginning. Don't worry about it. That's that's uh that's just how we do things here on the show. We let, we let everybody be authentic. And this we'll is, is this where I go? Hey, you should listen to my show now. Yeah, if you like bad attitudes, <laughs> weird soapboxes, you're gonna want to check out my show. Which actually this is the perfect segue, man. It's like you've you, you've seen me do this before in terms of how folks can reach you, how folks can connect with you. Because listen, I, I put the warning beforehand, so I'm pretty sure that if they're rocking with us all the way till now, they definitely want to hear more, man. <laughs> you can check it out. The Low Carb Hustle is my is my podcast. It, we we talk a lot about just different ways of getting lean, uh, living longer, and being legendary, which I think definitely like is a vibe that that you appreciate, Ted. Yep. Yep. And then if you want to know more information about like the style of eating I recommend called carb backloading or glycogen priming specifically, you can grab my book. Uh, it's on Amazon or Audible if you like to listen to stuff. Um, or you can just go to getnatesbook.com and you can download the either the ebook or the Kindle version for free. So I just want to get this into more people's hands so that people can start understanding how to use this method to actually get results and maintain them long term, right? It's a super simple, it's a fast read, it's like four hours. And I don't even pitch you my program at the end, like a lot of coaching books do. Because I really believe that my mission in life is to help educate people on how they can do this, so that we can act actively raise up leaders in our families and our communities, which is going to change the face of humanity. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And uh, honestly, anybody that was listening, watching, they see and hear the passion. Um, when, when you went on the little rant, I mean, I was just about to just back up and let's <laughs> let you go. You know, welcome to the Modern Man Podcast with Nate Palmer. <laughs> nah, but I can tell that you're passionate about this. And, and I love that you're sharing this information. You're finding um, the platforms and you're finding the people that will listen because this is important. And it is something that can really help a lot of people show up more in their lives, show up with more energy, find more joy in life. Because with more energy, you get more of the squeeze of the juice that life has to offer. And you get those awesome times with your kids. You get those 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 great moments at work where you perform and you get into a flow state and you do things you didn't think were possible, right? Having the energy when you show up will change your experience. And in order to change that experience, you're going to have to change your diet. Go ahead. I think, I think you sparked something. Uh, well, I was just going to say like, and then the cool thing is you get to decide, like at the end of the day, it's you get to decide and you get to like, you're not no longer a victim of circumstances or of random foods or of, ra of random like ups and downs in your own energy, you've made the conscious decision. And when you get to decide like life is so much better, you can have so much more fun, you're so much more like, of a free man, I think that's like, and that's the crux of the issue. Yeah, absolutely, man. This last question, we didn't have this last time. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a heavy one, I save it for the end. Um, and I asked all my guests this, what is something that you've seen or something that's happened in your life that shapes the way you view the world as a man? Mm, heavy. Usually when there's a long silence, that means that the, uh, the answer is going to be dope. <laughs> you don't, don't get too excited. <laughs> Um, I, so 
when uh, my wife and I traveled through South America in like 2015, 2016, we spent about 13 months traveling through a couple different countries. And when we were in, uh, in like, we were working at a after school program in like the outskirts of Lima, Peru. Mm -hmm. And there was a, like a family there. And the, I think the dad had like nine or 10 kids. And every day he would be out on the, on the street selling quails eggs so like that's what he did like every there was always like those guys had, had hats this guy had cds this guy had bread and he sold quails eggs and he was out there and he always had like something funny to say he always had a smile to give and he would just be out there just working his ass off and you knew that he was at home then working his ass off to take care of these kids and so i got to see like three or four of these kids i got i taught uh sports and chess so I, my wife had to teach math in Spanish, much, much worse. <laughs> but it was just to see this man who was like, by all accounts, you know, kind of from a, like, a, like a, a Western, like United States, like wealth, like they lived in like a one or two bedroom apart, apartment, tiny, like they had nothing. And he always just was always showing up for his family in a huge way. Just always like, and I was like, man, I want to like, I want to have that energy. I want to bring that energy because we have so much. And it's so easy to, to like, you know, watch the news and see all the things that are bad and all the recession, this and poor me. And I don't have the car and so-and-so has this and that, but like to see this guy show up every single day with a great attitude just to provide for his family and do what he had to do, like very inspiring. And that's what it, like, that's what I want to embody in my life. I love that, man. That's what it's all about. And I think you're already walking that walk, talking that talk and, and sharing it with the world. So, so keep on keeping on. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. And I'm going to recap some of the gems you left along the way really quick for anybody that might have been driving or maybe hitting the one last set of their workout while listening. So keep it up. And you got Nate watching you. So definitely make sure you get that last rep in. Um, what you do, uh, what do you do for your energy, right? You, you need to focus on your energy because a lot of us are probably tired while listening to this. And it might come down to what you're eating, quite frankly. If it's not coming down to what you're sleeping, if you're getting your eight hours each night, if you're sleeping, great. If you're still lacking that energy, it comes down to what you're eating and what your diet is. And then it's all about knowing what you want to have and knowing when to execute it with your body. How are you communicating with your body? Do you know when to eat certain proteins, certain carbs, fats? Do you know how to communicate with your body to work on different sources for energy? And then also when you're a little hungry, realizing that that helps your focus, maybe using that to help get you in a flow state. Also front loading your protein, back loading your carbs for more sustainable energy throughout the day. And then show up the same each and every single time in every aspect of your life. Finding out the diet that you need and honing in on it in order for you to show up each and every single day full of energy for your family, for your loved ones, is the single best gift that you can give to those around you. And if you're looking for someone to help you do that, I think Nate Palmer is the man to help you along that journey. Guys, thank you so much for making it to the end. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Man Podcast. As always, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing because the only way we improve is when you tell us where we can improve. And of course, uh, make sure you check us out each and every single week and share this with a friend if you got value from the episode. As we always say at the end, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.
next day. I think we're gonna do a great job.